All right, welcome back to episode two of the First Place Losers podcast with you. I'm Matt Lagana, and next to me is my partner, Logan Eilers. And Logan, we got a lot to talk about in this last week. Yeah, we um, as of recording, guys, uh, this is uh, Tuesday, March 16th, around 2 o'clock. So we are in the middle of the uh, legal tampering period, which is when you pretty much hear all the big names go before free agency actually kicks in. And yeah, um, since... Thursday, there's been a lot of activity in signing for a lot of teams, and um, I feel like teams. Uh, one team that is most active amongst everyone else is the New England Patriots. Holy cow! Yesterday and today, bringing in some big names. We expected them to be busy, but not, not this busy and not this quickly. Wait. I mean, they made some huge moves yesterday, mm-hmm. uh, signing Jalen Mills, Johnu Smith, Matthew Judon, Nelson Aguilar, yes. uh, Hunter Henry is another name. Yeah, Hunter Henry um, signed today. They ha- uh, that was just today, and mm-hmm. so they have been very active in a total of 146 million. Uh, already spent this off season, uh, Logan. I mean, I mean, which 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 of these moves surprised you the most so far? Man, uh, it's weird. It, they surprise, but don't surprise me. At the same time, like I think the Jalen Mills signing is the most surprising thing for me because I really just I didn't have a good eye on where Jalen Mills was wanting to go. He's a very talented defensive back, um, and now he's going to New England. He's got to change his hair from green to either blue. Or blue or red? Probably gonna go blue. I yeah, think. I think blue. Blue would look nice. Think but, it'll um, look better. <laughs> but the two tight ends, I was very surprised. I was um, just uh, trimming my beard up a little bit, making it look good, brushing my teeth, <laughs> and I get a notification on my phone. It says Hunter Henry signed to Patriots. I'm like, oh, Hunter Henry signed to the. They did what? They took two tight ends. Um, this is a classic Bill Belichick move. He loved the two tight ends. Um, everyone forgets that it was Aaron Hernandez and Gronk as a dynamic tight end duo. And mm-hmm. then after Aaron Hernandez, it was Scott Chandler for a little bit. And then it was just Gronk. And I think now Bill wants to go back to that. He wants to go back to the two tight ends. Yeah, he hasn't had two great ones in, in, in a minute. I know uh, for a while now, I mean, he's 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 brought in a lot of you know veteran guys, Martellus Bennett being one of them. Mm-hmm. Um, and so really, I, I would... Be be really 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 excited to see what happens with the two tight end setup, but not excited for when we play them. Uh, yeah. And you know, any anytime I see some big free agent go to the Patriots, it's just it's it, it's haunting because it's just more of the same. And it's yeah. just year after year, the Patriots they're just never gonna be like truly bad. No. That's what hurts yeah. me the most. Like it's it's like watching the Yankees in baseball. They just reload. They don't rebuild. That's right, and as it is, we are talking about the New York Jets today. I am wearing my New York Yankees shirt because it's the only thing New York I have outside of my Mets hat. Um, <laughs> but, I mean, Matthew Judon, he was rumored to go to New England. Great pickup for them. They really need a stud D lineman to line up with uh, Chase Winovich. And then Nelson Aguilar is going to his now third team in three years. He, he, he was a boomer bust guy, especially on fantasy. For, and he, for I got to say, he had a, a resurgence last yeah. season in Oakland. I mean, for a while, one of the most reliable targets in the NFL with, uh, with I, I don't even think he dropped a pass for a number of games last season. Yeah, you throw him his way, um, he'll definitely make the best of it. And then Hunter Henry, that signing is just ridiculous. What a great tight end, underrated blocker. And with Johnny Smith as you know a better blocker, they can they can really do a big punch 
giving Cam Newton one more chance. Plus, you know, both of these guys can run with the football too. I mean, yeah. I mean, I mean, you you you've seen these guys used a little bit in their in their previous respective offenses. Um, you know, now we've got Cam Newton back at the helm in New England, and mm-hmm. I, I'm I'm excited to see what that ends up being. He actually has weapons to throw to, and that's um, the scary part, isn't it? Yeah, I mean that team, that Patriots team shouldn't have gone seven and nine. The fact it did is very terrifying to me, and we may see three teams in the AFC East make the playoffs, and I guarantee you, one of them will not be the New York Jets. I can but, probably <laughs> agree with you there. Unfortunately, 146 million dollars <laughs> spent by Bill Belichick. He's just mad at Tom Brady. He's jealous of Tom Brady. He does not want to live that down. Ugh. And then speaking of Tom Brady, we're going to go to some more noticeable signings. We had Tampa Bay is practically bringing the band back together. That is Tom Brady's words, but it's anyone's words now. I mean, I mean, look at them. I That's mean, what you do. The, the, the band is back together. You know, they obviously had a great time together in Tampa mm-hmm. last year. And, uh, you know, I, I, I think that... You know, Gronk, for for example, I don't think he's thinking as much about the money now as he's thinking about, you know, just having a good time out there with his boy uh, Brady. Dude, yeah. Uh, and then Shaq Barrett, obviously, I'm sure that he enjoyed, you know, being a part of that, that really, really dynamic Super Bowl winning team. And, I mean, the allure of Tom Brady continues, and the, this is why he never dies out. Yeah, it's, um, it is a very um, intriguing thing to look at the Buccaneers, and it's something that, Teams really don't focus on too much as you really think is just trying to keep everyone together because some people just leave the teams. But now you well they they tagged Godwin and I heard Godwin is okay with that for now. Shaq Barrett with big boy money, Lonte David, which I'm with much well deserved extension. Um, yeah, uh, Antonio Brown. I expect him to get a uh, get a good contract out of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers soon. I mean. The Bucks are still the favorites for the NFC next year. I know we kind of tease it with the Rams a bit, but it's still the Buccaneers with the talent they're bringing back. It would be natural instinct for me to once again look back at this at this team and say, "Oh, come on, Tom Brady! Like he's got to wash out eventually. Like, come on, this has got to be his year." Just came off a Super Bowl. Every time I say that, I'm wrong, and I can't continue to say that over and over. So honestly, I have to feel like Tom Brady's going to keep doing what he's doing until he shows me otherwise. Um, yeah. I mean, give me give me Tampa Bay. I mean, look at this bringing bringing all the star players back, and I think that Antonio Brown will get another good contract, and uh, I'm excited to see what they do. Mm. Can't hate them too much anymore now that we don't have to play them twice a year, to be honest. Yeah, 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 for sure. I mean, I don't see anyone stopping the Bucks again, at least in the NFC. Um, the AFC is a little bit more, uh, you know, intriguing. The AFC is getting a little yeah. more intriguing, and, and and I mean we talked last week about the the moves to cut Eric uh, Fisher and Mitchell Mr. Schwartz, but um, you know got a big signing here in Joe Thune, yeah, uh, just yesterday, and and you know we are saying that this offensive line needs to get better, especially now that you've cut uh, those two former first rounders, and Joe Thune definitely a big start. They gave him some good money. Very physical guy. Uh, he was. Probably the only you know stout alignment on the New England Patriots, so it makes sense for him to get this big time bag. Um, yeah, I think he's. I'd say he's probably the biggest free agent that has changed teams. Um, it's either him or Hunter Henry. It's kind of a debate. I, I think I'll put uh, Joe Tooney above Hunter Henry for biggest free agency so far mm-hmm. to change teams. Um, yeah, that Super Bowl. 
They need protection really and badly. Honestly, I mean, this this move obviously very, very, very helpful. Mm-hmm. Um, more work needs to be done with, with with respect to the Chiefs repairing their offensive line. Yeah. Um, I mean, we saw that in that Super Bowl. You know, it wasn't that they were they were necessarily missing. Um, Joe, uh, Joe Thune, they were missing Mitchell Schwartz and Eric Fisher, mm-hmm. and they laid an egg against the Tampa Bay defense. They get uh, a total of nine points. Um, and so, obviously, you know, need to address, uh, you know, the, the holes at the tackle positions, and they still need to do that, in my opinion, in order to uh, return to dominance on offense. I mean, yeah, they'll figure it out. You know, it's Kansas City. They always do. They're willing to, to pay big money for their big guys. Um, speaking of big money, big guys, uh, Corey Lindsley is becoming the highest paid center in the NFL. Uh, he was an all-pro center for the Packers, and now he's going to the Chargers to protect Justin Herbert. Five-year, $62.5 million. Whew! That's a lot of money. Chargers are making an investment. Much, much, much worth it. Uh, shout out to him. Um, the Jags have really struggled in free agency. Well, we just signed Shaquille Griffin, which was a big plus to have him um, play alongside uh, C.J. Henderson, and we brought back Herndon and Sidney Jones, so the, deep, the corners look okay. But the Jags lost out on Hunter Henry uh, earlier, uh, John Johnson going to the Browns, which I think is a brilliant mm-hmm. move by, the, by by Cleveland. I love it. Yeah, so... Yeah, you'd expect that, that, that a team with, with the most cap space uh, in the league going into this free agency season uh, would, would be a little more active in free agency than they have been. I mean, Shaquille Griffin, obviously I love the move. Um, you know, we've been talking about how um, this Jags offense is going to need a little bit more on defense in order to at least eke out a, uh, a few of these close wins. Mm-hmm. And Shaquille Griffin, obviously, uh, I mean, obviously the centerpiece of the Jags defense at, at this point in my eyes. Maybe. I, I mean, think so. At least in the DBs because we still have at Josh least. Allen. So No, I mean, I, I mean, Josh Allen, I mean, and now you also have. have Shaquille. Yeah, the DBs are fine. We're, we're still need another safety. So, um... Anthony Harris, I guess, is the best safety guy on the board. And if not, um, just take Trevon Morig. And since we lost out on Hunter Henry, try to get Gerald Everett or draft Pat Firemouth. But, um, I would just be patient. I mean, the yeah. Jaguars, obviously, there's still a lot of great guys out on the board, and obviously they still yeah. have all their draft picks. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I, I honestly think that you know they would prefer to uh, you know load up with talent from the draft as opposed to uh, as opposed to you know big big money signings. So yeah. I mean, they'll be they'll be just fine with all those draft picks. Yeah, but that was the, what the Jags were last week. This week it's all about your team, the New York Jets. Uh, good yeah. times. Good times. Good times. We have been in the gutter <laughs> forever. Um, mm-hmm. I remember once upon a time we were good. I remember when I was a little kid uh, and Mark Sanchez and the Jets made the AFC Championship. They were playing uh, They were playing this redo of, of CeeLo's F.U. Uh, oh, my goodness. Like saying, like, the Jets rule instead of F.U. And it was oh, great. Gosh. And... You know, that was my memory of the Jets actually like being a team that made the playoffs, and we just don't do that anymore. Um, mm-hmm. You know, there's light at the end of the tunnel, but it's kind of far away. Yeah, I mean, but we're going to get into it, guys. Uh, the signings uh, you've made so far in free agency, I like uh, coaching staff. Everything is just a great W. And then, of course, we got to talk about the draft, which will be in our next segment with the number two overall pick that you guys have. So... Well, I think we're going to cut it to break here, guys, and when we're back, we're going to hop 
uh, jump right into the draft and talk about the Jets' second overall pick. Do they take Zach Wilson? Do they take Justin Fields? Or do they make a more questioning move? We'll be back in one second. All right, and we are back, and it's time to talk New York. And you know, we've 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 started to see the Jets uh, plotting their moves here as they look to, uh, you know, finally come out of the cellar. And so far, so yeah. good in my opinion with these with these free agency signings. Mm-hmm. Um, Corey Davis obviously won. I mean, three years, thirty-seven and a half million dollars. And honestly, uh, to me as a Jets fan, uh, the biggest move since Le'Veon Bell, and Le'Veon Bell kind of didn't work out. But I think that this one will. I mean, yeah. I mean, yeah. Think about it. Your highest-paid player before this was uh, Jamison Crowder at wide receiver. So it's good to really build up um, that receiver position that you're gonna you're gonna need, you know. Because let's be honest, the consensus second overall pick is what's looking like will be Zach Wilson out of BYU. And you know what? I'm really, really, really excited about that prospect. Yeah. Um, I am. I think that you know he obviously he showed that he's got the tools at uh, at, at Coastal Carolina or not Coastal BYU. Carolina BYU. I'm thinking about the game where he played Coastal Carolina, where that 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 was his one like real slip up over the season. I felt like like that was one of his like real bad games. He had the interception on the goal line. I don't know why I th- why I thought uh, Coastal Carolina out of the gate there. You're good, but I mean, sheesh, them stats are beautiful though. I mean, he is six foot three. Uh, but he's dropped 3,600 yards, 33 touchdowns, and three interceptions for the entire year with a 196.4 rating, which is just re- ridiculous stats. I, I mean, these are NCAA 14 numbers. I don't care what you say about like the competition he played in college or anything like that. 33 and three as a it's college starter impressive. is very good. That is ridiculous. I mean, obviously he didn't play it. Uh, Clemson. He didn't play at Ohio State, um, but Zach Wilson is the real deal, and I mean, he gives me a lot of hope as a Jets fan. Uh, I, I mean, we kind of need that at this point. Failed quarterback after failed quarterback, and you know, I, I I hope that this can be the one because it's starting to look like this is a pretty much done deal. I mean, yeah, I mean, they just dominated through some good talent, and then I I, I do see Zach Wilson being a tremendous leader for the team. You know, I, I watch him and I'm like, this this guy just has he's a quarter he's just a quarterback that just knows what he needs to do. He knows the right decisions when he makes it. I think that's a big plus is that he has decision making, not on the cusp of Trevor Lawrence levels for this draft, but people are definitely putting him now at QB two. Some are saying he is QB one. And is- we we have heard those rumors. Um mm-hmm. honestly, I don't know if I necessarily buy into them. Yeah. Um I mean, again, you can you know look at look at look at those college numbers, and those are ridiculous numbers. Um, I mean, Trevor Lawrence has those kinds of numbers as well, and he also just has um, the winning resume uh, against all these marquee names and against the top talent in college. Mm. Um, so honestly, I mean, if I still had the choice between the two, I would still go with Trevor Lawrence. Um, but obviously, I mean, yeah. the Jets just aren't in that situation, and they're not going to trade up, obviously. So Yeah, I mean, for Zach Wilson, um, I've, I've heard a lot of people say he's QB2, but it's not because he's worse than Trevor Lawrence. It's more like Trevor Lawrence is a more secure pick. Apparently, Zach Wilson has a as high of a ceiling, if not higher than Trevor Lawrence, but his floor is much lower compared to Trevor, who is... Obviously, we're all expecting him to be, you know, at least a stud in this league. 
And people are saying Zach Wilson reminds him a lot of uh, Russell Wilson a bit. Um, Drew Brees, I've seen a lot of the comparisons. I mean, those I mean, don't those sound too bold. bad to me. Oh, no, you 100% take him, especially if he's the best player left on the board. And, I mean, he, he certainly will be. And and so, I mean, all of these reasons point to why I, I think that this is pretty much a done deal for the Jets. I mm. mean, we've seen mock draft after, after mock draft in these last couple weeks all really pointing to this consensus uh, that Zach Wilson will be the number two overall pick. And, you know, I agree with that. Looks good to me. Yeah, I mean, um, was it earlier weeks I was saying um – you know, the Jets tr- trade down and still ca- take Zach Wilson, but I think now what scouts are looking at, analysts are looking at, and honestly, I watched some Zach Wilson tape recently, and I'm like, okay, yeah, this guy's definitely worth a second overall pick. I, you know, I just watch him and I just, I look at him like, okay, yeah, he he's better than Trey Lance. He could be better than Justin Fields. You know, so I can definitely put him at QB two, not quite QB one. I, I really, really, really agree with that analysis right there. I mean, pretty much spot on. What about, uh, what about Sammy? What, how, how does Sam Darnold think of this former third overall pick? You know, it's interesting because, you know, every time that he's that he's been asked, he seems to be, you know, enthusiastic about being with these guys, staying with the Jets, you know, being the guy that can take them uh, mm. to the promised land. Um, you know, it, it doesn't it doesn't feel like we're on our way there. Yeah. And I think that Jets fans, especially now seeing the prospects of having a guy like Zach Wilson, I don't, I don't think Jets fans are really interested in giving him another season. I mean, at least for the most part. I'm sure there are a lot of people who do feel that way. Do you think you guys should trade Sam Darnold or keep him for at least one more year to see if he can compete with Zach? You know, that's an interesting prospect, too, interesting because, you know... I feel like a lot of Jets fans have felt like, you know, this is when you need to trade Sam Darnold Mm -hmm. um, because, you know, you're going to be bringing in this new quarterback and you're going to be, like, paying him money to sit on the bench. Um, You know, they should really consider that because you never know how Sam Darnold, uh, you know, is going to change his approach to the Mm -hmm. team after after seeing that he has the opportunity to keep Zach Wilson on the bench. I'm sure he'd really be motivated for that, especially uh, when it comes to when it when it comes to just, you know, getting a better contract in, in, in his next uh, offseason. Mm. So I think that it, it, it would be interesting. Uh, I don't think the Jets would do it. I think that they're going to try and, and, and keep uh, offloading him. Okay. I uh, I, I think I'd, I'd keep Donald for a year, see how he performs, and either try to trade him midseason or maybe a little bit after if Zach Wilson is the guy. Because I feel like he kind of needs an insurance blanket, you know, outside of Joe Flacco as, you know, Potential backup for Zach Wilson for the time that's, being. That's definitely true. The Jets have uh, dealt with injury bugs in yeah. their in their past. <laughs> I mean, does Sam, I mean, we all know we have insider information. Yes, insider information from the First Place Losers podcast that Sam Darnold doesn't care too much about his effort. He accepts that he's in the NFL. He's a quarterback. He's going to be in the quarterback <laughs> for the longevity. So he doesn't really care on how successful he is. He just wants the money. Uh, do you do you believe this is true, Matt? As as a Jets fan, ah, uh, you know, I, I I really couldn't tell you. Okay. I I'd like to think that he cares and he puts in that effort for the franchise. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, obviously we can never know for sure. Uh, you know, he's uh, on the outside. He seems to you know care a lot about the organization and uh, you know. Be uh, you know try to rally the guys around him. Hmm. Uh, you know, I, I again that's my assumption, but I could be wrong. <laughs> okay, I got you. All right, so we're moving from the second overall pick to the Jets' second pick 
in the first round, the 23 overall pick that you got from the Jamal Adams trade with the Seattle Seahawks. And, and you, have, you have some options at this. this. This one definitely opens up a lot. I mean, the consensus overall number two pick I see is Zach Wilson. Uh, and once you have that quarterback, I mean, like the Jaguars, very similar situation here. You you look at this late first rounder and you look to see how you can uh, either build around him or build on the defensive side of the ball. Because, you know, the Jets and Jaguars stand in very similar situations in that way where, yeah. you know, both the defenses need work and obviously both the offenses need, uh, need a new field general as well as, you know, work on the supporting cast. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, I think that more so uh, here... With the Jets, though, you look at running back okay. um, because, I mean, the Jaguars, you have James Robinson and someone who really impressed you last year, especially as an undrafted rookie. I, yes. think that's kind of, I think that's value that you should try to cherish and build around even further. But when you look at the Jets, I mean, their leading rusher last year was Frank Gore, followed by Ty Johnson out of Maryland. <laughs> Uh, and, you know, no no disrespect to Ty. I mean, look, he, he looked pretty good last year as a utility guy. Um, the Jets, though, definitely do need a new running back to start building around, especially uh, with, I mean, Le'Veon Bell gone and, and you know, just the situation. Obviously, Frank Gore can't last you, and they don't intend on, on, on lasting with him either. Uh, so I look at a guy like Najee Harris or Travis Etienne, either one of those guys, um, personally, I would like Najee Harris. I'm, I, I personally tend to prefer... Uh, those power backs, those guys who can bowl right over the defenseman, you know, maybe pull out a stiff arm or something like mm. that. Um, but, I mean, I mean, obviously, on the other end, you have the shiftiness and also power running of Travis Etienne. Mm -hmm. uh, just not necessarily like he's known for, uh, for you know, his strength. Uh, so you prefer Najee Harris, right? I personally do. Okay. I personally do. Because in Najee Harris, I... I mean, he, he looks a lot like Derrick Henry in the NFL does today. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it took him a few years to really blossom into the back that he is today, Derrick Henry. Um, but, you know, you, you, you always kind of saw that potential just in his size and stature. And I see those same qualities in Najee Harris. And you saw some of the moves he was pulling out in the college football playoff, that nasty hurdle. Yeah. I mean, he, he's averaged about six yards per carry for his entire career. He had 26 rushing touchdowns last year. I mean, man, man's bigger than everyone thinks because he's six foot two, two hundred thirty, but he runs like he's five eleven. I mean, Najee Harris for me is RB one for this draft. He's just built to be a high level running back in this league. He he reminds me a lot of Dalvin Cook, and I think that's a good comparison for him in terms of the pros. Um, so I think Najee Harris would be the first step. I mean, you're most likely you're gonna have the first pick of the litter for running backs. I would think. I mean, yeah. I mean, a lot of the guys above, you know, they they're not. I mean, most of the teams in this league have a steady, uh, steady-ish running back situation, whether mm -hmm. they run it through a lead guy or, you know, distribute it between a running back duo. But the Jets really don't have that situation right now, and uh, you know, they are in prime position to take one of these one of these guys. And uh, you know, I hope it's Najee. I've seen Travis Etienne go in a couple of mock drafts. Um, either way, I think that both of these guys will be spectacular picks. Yeah, I mean. We can't ignore Etienne. Etienne, I mean, his two two years of um, him actually as a starter, no COVID, 2018-2019 looks like nearly identical. Both both years, 1,600 yards. One year he had 19 touchdowns, and then another year he had 24. I mean, both averaging about eight yards per carry for those two years. Had a really big down year this year, but it was more of a movement on letting uh, Trevor Lawrence throw the football. Plus, you know, you had a lack of Trevor for a little bit with DJ Ugalele. 
I mean, Etienne is still a solid, solid running back. He is definitely a close RB2 compared to Najee. Yeah, I hope that people definitely don't forget about the damage that Travis Etienne has done in years past. I mean, obviously a down year this year, and he was still a scary force. Yeah, he's uh, but he's I mean, finalist. But in, in previous years, just daunting along with you know, the potential for Trevor to throw the ball. Uh, and, you know, so one thing you have to consider when you look at both of these guys is the experience that they both bring in at a rookie level. I mean, I mean, you know, only it's, I, I feel like at, at schools like Alabama, Clemson, other Power 5 schools, do you consistently get to see um, the best competition in the nation. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you, you're a little more used to the media hype. You're, you know, you, you kind of already come into the NFL with a little bit of experience and a little moxie on how to handle those types of things. Uh, and I think that'll definitely fare well for both of them in what becomes a deeper and deeper league year after year. Yeah, I mean... That's kind of how it is with uh, some running backs, uh, especially out of the bigger programs. And we've seen a lot more success out of those guys with the Derrick Henrys, with the Dalvin Cooks, you know, with the Christian McCaffreys. You know, you, the big names usually step up. Uh, Penn State, can't forget about Penn State with Miles Sanders and Saquon Barkley. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you do have a point there that you feel more comfortable with taking bigger names uh, from bigger schools rather than, um, you know, guys from smaller like uh, Kenneth Gainwell from Memphis. I really enjoy his game. Um, but I can see why you should be more comfortable with Najee and Travis Etienne. Plus, you kind of need the top running backs for this draft, especially losing out on Aaron Jones. There you go. And, I mean, it did kind of hurt to lose out on Aaron Jones. I think that that also would have been a really good option because, mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, in fact, he's, again, uh, somebody who can really bowl over people. Uh, on the line of scrimmage, but you know, I think that as long as they they end up getting a guy like either Najee Harris or Travis Etienne, I'll be just fine with not uh, signing Aaron Jones. Plus, you don't have to you know spend all that contract money. Mm. Uh, now you know you can build off the rookie contract for a couple of years until he shows you something. Gotcha. Um, what what player or position uh, do you would you want the Jets to target outside of running back? If running back is like your number one option, like yes, we need to get a running back right right now. I mean, because you can't wait. For like ETN at 34, because I think he'll be there at 34. I don't think Najee will be there. That's true. That's so. true. Um, so I would say in that case, I mean, I would say wide receiver, honestly. Wide receiver. Uh, Corey Davis is a great start, mm-hmm. um, but the Jets still do lack a bit of depth there. I think I would personally like to see one more young guy. Yeah. Um, I mean, you have Denzel Mims and Jamison Crowder. Denzel Mims hasn't shown me a lot yet, unfortunately. I don't think he's really, he hasn't really gotten the chance, especially with the right quarterback. I mean, if I'm th- I'm thinking receivers in the 20s that are not the top three guys, Kadarius Tony's obviously the obvious, obviously the obvious. Wow, great great grammar. Um, <laughs> Kadarius Tony, you're all good. You're cle- all good. K- Kadarius Tony is clearly wide receiver number four in this draft. That is my my opinion. He's above Rondell. He's above Rashad Bateman. Um, so. Is Kader- plus Kadarius Tony would be a big plug and play guy that the Jets have really never had in their franchise. So would you want Kadarius Tony or would you go after uh, one of the other wide receiver prospects? Well, I mean, obviously, I mean, you said it yourself. I mean, other than those, I mean, those top three guys are obviously, uh, you know, going to stay high. I mean, when you look at uh, Jamar Chase, Devontae Smith, and Jalen Waddell. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, you also uh, might look at guys like Rashad Bateman uh, or somebody like that. But, uh, you know. I think the Kadarius Tony is the best option, uh, considering where they're probably going to be in this draft. I don't expect them to trade up. Um, mm-hmm. They should be happy to be at 23. Uh, and so, you know, 
I think that they'll be satisfied. I think that Canary's Tone will probably be there, and if he's not, uh, I, I, I would hope they just take somebody else there of value. Gotcha. I but mean, stay wide receiver, I think. Yeah, um, I think wide receiver would be a best bet. I think you should really prioritize um, the first round to Zach Wilson and his next best buddy because that's how you're going to really build up the offense for what's going forward. The Jags don't really have that because James Robinson is established. DJ Chark, LaVisca Shinola, Colin Johnson are established receivers. For the Jets, it's a little more open in the air. You know, really, everyone behind the O-line, no one knows who's going to be playing what positions for the Jets this year. So It's a little exciting to think about that, honestly. It's, it's going to be a fresh, yeah, it's going to be a fresh new Jets with the same OK jerseys. You know, like when, 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 you, when you're playing Madden franchise, you know, you, you look forward to the time when you just like kind of hit the reset button That's and true. you kind of just throw it all in the trash and start over again with some new guys and just mm. see what happens. Uh, and I mean, we've said it over and over again. This draft class is a really exciting one. Yeah. Uh, we've got a lot of talent, a lot of really, really special guys. Um, and you know the Jets. The, the Jets are a franchise with a lot of with a lot of holes that um, that are really, really, really uh, you know poised to to you know house these guys. Yeah. Uh, so I'm I'm really excited to see what happens. Uh, would you consider trading up from 23 and try to get uh, one maybe uh, the top tier wide receivers, whoever fall, whichever one falls, if they do. I think that the asking price is going to be too high on on okay. those draft picks for the Jets to go with that. Um, you know, we've we've said it over and over again. The Jets have work to do, and the Jets have a lot of draft picks to do that work. Mm -hmm. um, I don't think that it's worth uh, risking like too many of those uh, to you know trade up and get one of those top three guys. I mean, we said Corey Davis, uh, obviously true. an enticing pick. I mean, he's obviously I think still has room to grow. I mean, only only a few years uh, removed from Western Michigan, where he was making a lot of waves. Wrote a um, boat. Yeah, wrote there you a boat go for Western Michigan. <laughs> <laughs> and so, I mean, that's definitely exciting. But I don't, I don't necessarily know if it would be worth trading up and paying that much to go for a guy like Smith or Waddle. Okay. Um, let's move on to day two. Um, I think this is the time where the Jets should really try to consider uh, looking at the linebackers um, because I think that's your biggest need right now for the defense is just to get linebackers. And I, I, there's some, there's some high quality guys in the second round. Um, Nick Bolton from Missouri, if he, if he's able to fall out, you can definitely grab him. Mm -hmm. Joseph Osai, uh, a lot, the Texas guys have really been linked to, to the Jets recently. Osai, Samuel Cosme, if you guys want to go online. Um, Davion, uh, was it, uh, Jabril Cox, I'm sorry, Jabril Cox, I am extremely high on him. Uh, he's one of my favorite prospects in this draft. Uh, mostly because, look at the past, Devin White, Patrick Queen, you love them. LSU linebackers, uh, Dylan Moses, even out of Alabama, if we're going to go to the rival school. So mm -hmm. I feel like this is a good time for the Jets to to really look at the defense because even with the addition of Carl Lawson, the especially the front seven needs a lot of help. And, I mean, we, we've been seeing also, uh, you know, a lot of rumors about the Jets offloading C.J. Mosley, something that I really think that would help yeah. them. Uh, honestly, C.J. Mosley has really been a failed experiment for the Jets on defense. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, too much money, obviously, no real results. Jets didn't do much. Uh, anyways, uh, I think he still has some value to him. And, you know, just the name brand of C.J. Mosley from his years past will uh, definitely draw attention from a lot of playoff-seeking teams. And they might be able to pull a little bit of, uh, you know, draft picks out of that. 
But, you know, this is definitely a great time to address that side of the ball because other than C.J. Moza, you've got, what, Jared Davis, Bryce Hager, Blake Cashman, mm-hmm. guys who are really just not uh, not obviously ready to lead an NFL-caliber defense. So, I mean, you said it. You look at guys like Joseph Osai. Um, you can also look at beefing up the defensive line with guys like J2 Feli, um, Aleem McNeil, other guys in that area. Um, but... Uh, you know, definitely a great time to address the defensive side of the ball there. Yeah, I mean, I forgot about the Jared Davis signing. I, I kind of like it, but I feel like this is a time where you can really go young with the defense. And I feel like that's the next best thing the Jets can do alongside uh, Zach Wilson. Plus, you do have Robert Sala. He is a defensive-minded coach. Eventually, he's going to want the defensive prospects that he wants. And I think you should just let him really control everything in terms of how the defense goes for this year, wouldn't you think? I mean, certainly. Robert Saleh, honestly, other than maybe... I mean, Corey Davis was a good signing, but overall, out of like all the moves that the Jets have made so far this offseason, making Robert Saleh their head coach has by far been the best one. Yeah. Um, you know, obviously touted uh, by a lot of teams this offseason as one of the top coaching candidates. Mm-hmm. I wasn't really expecting the Jets to be able to lock up a guy like that. You'd expect him to uh, to want to go someplace where he can win maybe a little more quickly. But I'm really happy he chose the Jets and just really gives me a lot of hope that this defense can turn it around. Yeah, I mean, Robert Sala, the man can... The man can really, like, motivate you. I mean, Nick could definitely motivate a fish to run. If that makes sense. (laughs) The fish will try to get out of water and run. That's how motivated. And and that's what this Jets defense needs. And, you know, they've got a couple pieces that they can can start to build around. We saw uh, Marcus May, obviously, really the the centerpiece on defense at the moment. Yeah. Uh, But, I mean, Bryce Hall is one name who particularly impressed me last year, um, Mm -hmm. breaking out towards the end of the year. Um, So I'm excited to see what he does in year two. Uh, I'm excited to see what Ashton Davis continues to do. Uh, mm. I'd, I'd like to see Brad McDougal, you know, fit into his role a little bit more. Um, mm. And so, you know, obviously, I mean, and now with the Carl Lawson signing, you know, they've got a lot of hope on defense and obviously a lot of draft picks now in this draft. And so a good guy at the helm this time. Yeah, um, Salah, uh, he is a former Jaguars linebackers coach, and then he went to become the defense coordinator for the Niners where he really made his money. I mean... Those Niners defenses were crazy. This last Niners defense was a little disappointing, but that was because of the injury bug. And the fact that they were still a middle-tier defense. Dangerous. With all that, yeah, it just shows how great he is. I mean, he's coached some high-quality linebackers. Fred Warner uh, this past year for the 49ers, for the Jags. Uh, Paul Puzlesny, Miles Jack, uh, Telvin Smith. Uh, he was with the Houston Texans, so he had Brian, uh, Brian Cushing for a little bit. So he does have great knowledge, and he's worked with a lot of great linebackers. Um, yeah, I mean, I think this is the best hire of the free agency. Um, do, you, do you think so? As a Jets fan, are you comfortable with having Robert Sala? That Robert, do I? Am yeah, I confident best, that he's the best, the best one so far? The best hire for the offseason out of all the coaching hires or GM hires. Man, you know. I don't want to say that he's quite the best. I mean, obviously, we still haven't seen uh, the upcoming season. And, you know, I think that the the ceilings of other coaches that have been hired are possibly higher. And the one guy that I particularly think of is Urban Meyer. Urban Meyer is such a fun wild card. Just knowing what he did at Ohio State and, and, you know, the excitement that he brings to Jacksonville. We talked about this last Mm week. Um, I think that Saleh is obviously the uh, the more known uh, NFL name, you know, having done everything he's done with with San Fran, 
Um, so, I mean, obviously, if the Jets' defense ends up being uh, as, as good as the Niners or as somewhat as good as the Niners' defense, we'll end up saying that this is a great hire. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I already am saying that it's a great hire. But Urban Meyer, you know, for all we know, may end up being the better hire. I got to disagree with you, to be quite honest with you. I think, really? I think Salah's the better hire than Jack uh, Urban Meyer. Supporting my Jets when I'm not even supporting my Jets. Um, I My biggest argument is that Salah is actually going to bring a culture to the Jets. And he... Uh, I mean, play, the players union absolutely love him, um, and he's just this guy. He just really sparks a fire for the entire team, and I feel like it can really spread to for the Jets organization and hopefully get you guys on the right track through a very tough division. Honestly, in terms of um, ceiling and floor, definitely higher than Urban Meyer. You uh, think so? Uh, floor at least. Because Urban Meyer can become. Well, I would disastrous. say the, the floor certainly is higher for Salah. Ce- yeah, the ceiling is a problem. I mean, it's it's like what we said about Trevor Lawrence and Zach Wilson. You know, Urban Meyer, in my eyes, is the Zach Wilson. You know, his his ceiling can be much higher for the Jags, but his floor is much lower. Salah, you know what you're going to get, and I feel like this is going to be a good success. It's going to take a little bit. It's going to take a little bit. Got to be patient. You, you know, are, are you Jets. know, as a Jets fan, I know patience just as well as anybody. A fun fact: I can wait around for as long as I need to. Uh, a good <laughs> thing to talk about is the Jets. Usually, when they have a new coach, their best year is their first year. I'm not even kidding you. Rex Ryan's best year was his first year. Todd Bowles' best year was his first year head coaching. Um, you know, and it was it. He went. Todd Bowles went ten and six his first year. Rex Ryan went nine seven and eleven and five. Eric Mangini in 2006, 10-6, and then he went 4-12. and Herm Edwards was a coach for a bit. His best, one of his best seasons, you know, was his first year going 10-6. and So, it's we a looking at a Jets playoff run? Uh, <laughs> what do you mean, think? Man? I don't know. I don't, I'm, eh, I'm not a big, big fan of it with how you have the Bills, Dolphins, and now the Patriots in it. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. I mean, you haven't had a player win an award since 2013 with Sheldon Richardson, Defensive Rookie of the Year. Yeah. And we kind of knew, I mean, if we're following the trend, Adam Gase's best year was his first year, 7-9. and nine. <laughs> uh, Well, we will definitely see what happens with that. By the way, mm-hmm. uh, just pulling up news on my phone, a source in Washington on the possibility of trading for Sam Darnold, they say, don't waste your time. Uh, so I guess nothing really happened in there with the Washington football team. Yeah, I, I wouldn't really see it. Um, you got to talk about how they just got uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick, and now they're setting up the idea of having um, probably Trey Lance if they trade up or try to get Mac Jones maybe or try to get a quarterback in this draft. I mean, that's what you kind of have to do. I would stay away from Darnold for the, red, uh, for the football team's uh, sake. There should be other teams like the Steelers. I would want to see the Steelers to get get um, Sam Darnold. That'd be interesting. That would definitely be interesting. It's uh, yeah. I I don't think it's 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 good for Sam Darnold to stay in New York. Mm. Bye goodbye, Sam. <laughs> yeah, you know it's been fun. All right, so let's move from the head coach to uh, his underlings, uh, starting with his offensive coordinator and a little bit of uh, political um, corruptness. He hired his best friend's brother. Uh, he is Robert Sala is a great friend of Matt Lafleur, who is the head coach of the Green Bay Packers, and now the new offense coordinator for the New York Jets is Mike Lafleur. Uh, how do you feel about how do you feel about Mike? Um, do you feel like uh, he can bring some energy, uh, maybe something similar to how Matt Lafleur did in uh, Tennessee? 
I think that the first thing to mention is is the chemistry here. I mean, obviously, uh, Mike Lafleur, brother of Matt Lafleur, friends with Robert Sala, mm-hmm. and I think that 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 already uh, fares well for the relationship between the head coach and his assistants, which is obviously something really important. I mean, we've we've seen so many instances of of just beef and disagreement in in the front office and amongst the coaching staff and that usually just always trickles down to the players and the team dynamic and so you know just to have uh strong relationships between the coaching staff is important to me Mm -hmm. um now looking at mike lafer um you know i like what i see uh, you know, he's he's obviously been in a number of different places in both the college and the NFL. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, coming from San Francisco, where he was the passing game coordinator, uh, and yeah. you know, did some exciting things with Jimmy G when he, when he got there. I mean, yeah, he was for the offense. He was second command under Kyle Shanahan, and I mean, he he he's a receivers coach, and you could definitely tell on how the offense is and how those players uh, really developed, like. Uh, Brandon Ayuk this year, Debo Samuel for the past few years. So I'm very high on Mike LaFleur. I think uh, he can really be a good chemistry guy for Robert Sala. As you know, they're, they're boys. They literally joined the Niners and left the Niners for the exact same amount of time. I think it makes sense for LaFleur um, to be the offensive coordinator for his next step. And, you know, I think he can do something well for, for, the, for the Jets. And I think that uh, above all else, the Jets need someone who uh, who understands the passing side of the ball a little better, mm. who uh, you know who can help the, uh, this offense through the air. Because obviously, we're going to be developing a rookie quarterback this season. I yeah. mean, all signs point to this, anyways. Um, right. So I mean, you know, developing Zach Wilson definitely good to have someone who's who's uh, experienced with you know developing passing games and other offenses. And we saw the success again in San Francisco. I like it. Hopefully, uh, he's able to turn Zach Wilson into someone special. Mm. All right, so let's switch from the offense to the defense. Uh, now we have Jeff Ulbrich, who will be the defensive coordinator for the New York Jets. Uh, his last um, op- you know, occupation, he was the assistant head coach for the Falcons. And then when Raheem Morris uh, moved to the interim head coach, uh, Ulbrich became the interim defensive coordinator for the final 11 games for the Atlanta Falcons. And under Ulbrich, I mean, or Ulbrich, the Falcons' defense pretty much improved in every single statistical category for the Falcons. They were choking less games. You know, they're still giving up some big games here and there, big drives. At least they weren't choking as much, right? I yeah. mean, look, progress, Falcons, progress. I mean, you know, before, mm-hmm. I mean, we were choking a lot, and now we're choking slightly less. Yeah, I mean, um, one good thing is that uh, he did make the Falcons' defense, which was pretty appalling for this entire year, be top three in league in opponents' third down percentage and opposing red zone touchdown percentage. And he gave up the six fewest rushing yards per game. So Pulling out the facts on me. I didn't even know those numbers off yeah. the top of my head. But. So, yeah, so Ulbrich is, seems like a guy that can really switch, just put a light switch on a defense to become a much much improved force on the field. It's impressive because I mean the fact that he was able to enact those changes so quickly, um, you know, speaks to the fact that he uh, that he can do that without necessarily having, um, you know, the best personnel on on his staff. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe maybe the Falcons' defense isn't going to be like the elite defense of the NFL, but even so, I mean, you saw them excel in a lot of those in, in a lot of those categories. Um, so it gives you faith that he can already do some stuff with the Jets defense because, I mean, obviously we've said that there's a lot of pieces that still need to be put into place. 
Um, and again, I don't think that the Jets need to be a spectacular defense right now, and they yeah. certainly won't be. Um, but for if if they're competitive, uh, you know, maybe this offense can be good enough to pull out some of these games. But I mean, you said it yourself, Jeff Ulbrich, you know, made a big difference in Atlanta, and I think that'll do the same here. Yeah, I'm I'm, pr- I'm really high on the coaching uh, coaching hires, especially for the coordinators, the surround saw. Uh, I think the Jets, at least for the coaching, you're pretty set um, in terms on moving forward. Uh, we're going to talk about the players you'll get uh, after a break. But before that, we're going to talk about the head honcho, the man in charge, Joe Douglas. How do you feel about Joe Douglas? Before we talk about anything, like what is, what's your opinion on him real quick? I don't really know, honestly. <laughs> I, 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 I try to stay away from, like, personal opinions of, of, of management in general. Mm. Uh, I, don't, I don't think that I understand really like enough about it. But, I mean, obviously so far, I mean, this we really haven't seen much out of the Jets to this point. I mean, uh, he's only been here since 2019, obviously before that, with the Eagles. Yeah. Um, you know, the Jets are sticking with him for now. You know, I, I, I think we need to see more. But, I mean, for the time being, I mean, I don't write the rules, so I'm kind of sticking with the and riding the ship. I am I'm so 50-50 on this guy because he is someone who drafted Sam Darnold, but he also drafted Mackay Becton. Like he's made some pretty good like his uh, first draft, you know, for 2019 his draft wasn't too great, you know, and then now his his, his draft last year was pretty good. Um, and obviously he's for the tank. In my opinion, this guy probably has a year or two left on the team based on how he hasn't really done anything much. This is also the guy that hired Adam Gase. That's very true. That's very true. And obviously, I mean, Jets fans are scarred for a very long time from that. But he's really got a great opportunity to change sentiment this season. Um, You know, looking at at, at the position that they're in with the number two pick. Uh, And, you know, I think that there is a lot of security that comes in having a a pick that everybody kind of expects you to make that move. And everybody's expecting, uh, obviously, the, the Zach Wilson move. So... Uh, you know, I, I, I think that as long as they do that, Jets fans won't riot too much. Hmm. Um, and, you know, 23 obviously sitting in a great position and then their draft picks throughout the rest of the draft. Um, he's already made these great coaching hires this season that we uh, are obviously very excited about. So, again, a great opportunity here to turn it around. Uh, obviously, I mean, your your sentiment obviously also very neutral. Yeah. Uh, and starting to get to that judgment period i mean where you know we can't necessarily blame any failures on oh you know the problems created by covid yeah. because you know we've said that for a lot of coaches and how you can't necessarily um you know judge them on their performance this season uh i mean i think specifically here at florida state we talk we've been talking about mike norvell a lot mm-hmm. uh, and what he's done in his first year uh and you know a lot of people have said that you can't really judge him that much because you know of all the problems that 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 had that everyone has had to deal with because of coronavirus and just this isn't a normal time. Um, mm. This is about time for the judgment period for Joe Douglas, and I I think that he's got a good opportunity here to change the way people see him. Yeah, I mean his recent moves uh, from last year and this year seems to me that he, I think he's finally getting um, to how it's supposed to be, especially with the hires uh, uh, this past off season so far. Um, I give him optimism, uh, but I am neutral about him because in my opinion. Everything he's done wrong, everything he's done right, kind of cancel each other out. So this is kind of a fresh year for Joe to kind of prove himself. And he has a chance to prove himself uh, with, you know, we still have a lot of uh, free agency left. We have the draft left. 
So there's a lot of room that he can make for the Jets. And they've still got a lot of cap space to work with as mm -hmm. they look at, 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 at the guys that are still sitting here in free agency. Yes. Uh, I mean, Carl Lawson was three years for $45 million. Corey Davis was three years for $37 million. So, I mean, you're really sitting still with a lot of money to work with. Yeah. I think they'll they'll be looking forward to that. <laughs> yeah, definitely. All right, so we're going to go to break right here, and then when we come back, we're going to go into the free agency that the Jets have done and the Jets haven't done yet. We'll be back in just one moment. All right, we are back, and it is time to talk about the free agency picture that the Jets are currently looking at this offseason. Yep. After the Corey Davis and Carl Lawson major signings, they're currently looking at $52 million. Uh, in cap space uh, that they, they can work with going forward. Mm -hmm. uh, so, I mean, Logan, I mean, you looking at free agency, who do you see as some of the realistic targets for uh, for Gang Green? Oh, man, it's a lot of money. A lot of money left you guys have. Um, not officially yet. Um, when Carl Lawson, Corey Davis does sign, they'll have about $52 million if nothing changes. Um, Curtis Samuel, I've seen a lot of rumors that he's kind of growing up into the uh, – to become a Jet, uh, not really too confirmed. I'm not. I'm not really sure yet. He, Curtis Samuel was such a wild card this off season. Um, he he might, uh, but I think the sign of Kurt, uh, Corey Davis may push him away a little bit. Uh, I'd say probably the the best available guy you can easily target is uh, Keanu Neal, uh, former Atlanta Falcons safety who has a lot of talent but has riddled with injuries. Most because you know you want to rekindle the relationship with David Oldbrook. And honestly, I think that could be what, what's best for uh, the Jets in terms of that situation. Uh, have you found anyone that uh, kind of intrigued you that the, Jack, uh, the Jets should chase after? I also look at Curtis Samuel, and I see uh, – I think that that's very interesting as a prospect for, for someone who you can put uh, on Zach Wilson's offense. I mean, you look at Corey Davis, and I think you've got a very reliable wide receiver. Uh, oh, yeah, I mean, sure. I mean, looking at looking at his college numbers and his numbers so far in the league, um, you got a really explosive, fast, dynamic guy in Curtis Samuel. Mm -hmm. um, you know, uh, you know, you could use this guy at kick return, uh, and you, you run some jet sweeps with him. You know, this this is something that could really allow you to uh, make your offensive playbook more versatile. Uh, and so, I'm excited by that prospect. Um, on the defensive side of the ball, I also look at some of the other defensive backs. I look at Malcolm Butler particularly, mm. um, and an interesting option uh, at cornerback. Uh, you know, as a veteran player, uh, you know the Jets at this point just need a little bit of depth. And I think that if they don't really find anybody they like in the draft, uh, then that could be a really good option. Yeah, I mean, there's there's a lot of good corners you guys can get. And I think feel like you guys kind of need to go experience before rookie corners here. So I'm looking at guys like Patrick Peterson. That'd be a very interesting one to do. Um, also, be weird to see him in a Jets uniform. That opinion. really would be. Uh, Xavier Rhodes from the Colts kind of had a resurgence here. Uh, Kevin King, uh, more of a project type of guy still. Um, so, yeah, the, the the Jets have a lot of things to play with here in terms of um, the DBs. Probably not as much as uh, the Jags because the Jags' targets are a little more higher class than the Jets right now. As And the, that's all good by yeah. me, honestly. But the Jets... They can still make tons of great moves. Um, another move is no one's talking about is, you know, the Jets, if you're still looking for a running back, Kenyon Drake is out there. As uh, Chris Carson is also out there to really, you know, be a temporary guy until you find a true stud at running back. Those, those are both interesting names. And I don't know, personally, I've, I've always been pretty high on Chris Carson as a power mm -hmm. back. 
Yeah. Um, and, you know, obviously I was pretty surprised that he even became a free agent. I thought that he was going to uh, end up staying with Seattle. But he's out there. Uh, I mean, we were talking about the Jets and the prospects of signing or drafting a guy like Najee Harris. Mm-hmm. Um, but maybe you also decide to supplement him uh, with a guy like Drake. Um, so, you know, I'd, I'd be excited to see maybe that. Um, but, you know, if I had to choose between them, I'd personally want to stick with the young guys and try to develop them first. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think so too. Um, I mean, you guys just gotta just you guys do need to add experience to your team and experience that can actually like reflect onto the football fields. So no Joe Flacco's, no Frank Gore's. Um, you really need guys who will you know play their work for their ball. Hey, I mean, you I know. will say Frank Gore kind of did that last year. I mean, yeah. for for his age, he I think he impressed me as someone who could still churn out some good yards. Yeah, I was I was impressed to see him, and you know, obviously good to have him there for uh, for guys like Lamichael P. Ryan and Ty Johnson. But yeah, no, definitely not something you can you can you know last with. Yeah, I was about to say like you really think your team's going to be successful with thirty seven year old running back? I just think it was fun to watch him last year. It was it was very fun. I do agree. <laughs> it was a very fun 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 time to actually see him. You know, ha- have one last glory year, I guess. Uh, but yeah, the Jets are kind of in a situation where it looks like they already have their top two guys for the free agency. Now it's time to really spread the wealth and find guys to really plug and play. Because I feel like Lawson and Corey Davis are your two big, big signings. I would probably say so. I mean, mm-hmm. I'd be surprised if they made moves bigger than this going down the road. Um, you know, I think it's more about quality of, of, of free agency sign. Or I, th- I think... Well, quality in terms of value, not mm-hmm. necessarily quality in terms of uh, you're grabbing the biggest names. Yeah, I was gonna say like something along the lines of quality over quantity, but it doesn't really apply here. Um, I got but you. you know, spread out the spread out your money uh, to value guys who uh, you're gonna be able to sign small, like two, three year deals. Mm-hmm. You know, guys who who have the potential uh, to to grow in this offense and, and defense, but you know. Uh, more than anything, just value. And, I mean, you see other names. I mean, I think of Troy Hill. Um, not anybody yeah. special, but somebody who produces year after year. There you go. Uh, and, you know, that just that right now would be really good for the Jets. Yeah. Um, it's ve- it's still very early for free agency, so we still don't know what's going to really happen. And there's still a lot of moves that can be made for the Jets and for a lot of teams. And for the Jets, um, you guys... Just you just just have to be calm. I think it's your turn to really get the plug, guys. And you know the Jags. We need to sign big names soon. Holy cow! We actually killed Griffin. I, got, I mean, he's. I mean, he's really the, the 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 first big signing, and you would have expected well, more yeah. out of the out of eighty something million dollars in cap space, right? Well, we're being very patient. We're being very um, methodical. What we're doing is we're signing a bunch of depth guys, and then and if we're able to get a big name. Uh, then See, we go slips through the cracks. Yeah, so uh, was it um, a lot of Kenny Galladay? Um, Kenny Galladay is rumored that he may go to the Jags to reunite with Daryl Bavell, uh, which would be very fun. I feel like that can definitely be the guy that Jags can really splurge on. He's very he's very similar to DJ Chark in terms of play style. So it's a little it's gonna be a little weird, you know, for them on the field together. But I feel like it could work, especially with Trevor. Um, that yeah. would be good for Trevor. I mean. You know, I've I've praised the young guys on that Jags offense a lot. I've praised those those young wide receivers. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that uh, you know, however, a rookie quarterback needs someone reliable. Yeah. Um, and Kelly Kenny Galladay, obviously, someone who's who's uh, you know shown a lot of good results in Detroit. So I would love yeah. to see that. 
Uh, yeah, I mean, I think the bet. I mean, one thing that Jet uh, people aren't really talking about is how good the Jags pieced up their DBs because they brought back Sidney Jones, who played really good in the end of the year. Brought back Trey Herndon, which is a big pickup because with Shaquille Griffin, now Herndon is a phenomenal inside corner. So now I think the, the defensive back, the corners are pretty much solidified for the Jags next year. I'm very happy with that. Um, well, let's move along. Let's move along away from our 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 teams. And um, it, it, this does come with a heavy heart. We're going to have some more recent news that happened in the last couple of days. Drew Brees has officially retired from National Football League. 20 years under his belt. Uh, Matt, you go first to comment on Drew Brees' career in your eyes. I know that for a second there, we were wondering if he was actually going to retire. Um, just knowing that you know he hadn't come out and actually made it official yet. Um, you know, we weren't expecting much different. It finally happened. I thought it was really cute that he actually um, posted an Instagram video where his kids were announcing it for him. I thought that was really cool. Yeah. Um, but I mean, I mean, what can you say? I mean, just a phenomenal career uh, for Drew Brees. I mean, you know, not the impact that he's had on and off the field. Walter Payton, Man of the mm -hmm. Year. Everything that he's just done uh, in general for the game of football. I mean, one of the all-time greats for sure. And, you know, this one kind of hurts to see go. Yeah. Uh, you know, because he was one of the guys that we grew up watching. Yeah. You know, one, one, one of those, like, centerpiece guys. And so I guess yet again a sign that we're, we're slowly getting older. I mean, yeah, it's, it's going absolutely crazy on how things are going. Uh, slowly quarterbacks that we grew up watching are slowly fading away. Now we only, ha we only have a few left. Ben Roethlisberger, Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, and I'd, I'd throw in Matthew Stafford. Throw in Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson. Eh, maybe. Maybe. Uh, I'm looking at guys that I kind of started watching. I started watching uh, about four years before Russ. So I'll, I, maybe I'll maybe throw Russell Wilson in there, but I think the big those big names I just mentioned, you know, and Drew Brees, 13-time Pro Bowl, Super Bowl, one-time Super Bowl, a uh, travesty that this man never won um, MVP. That hurts to that hurts to know. Yeah, it really does. Uh, he was competing um, back and forth with all-time um, passing touchdowns with Tom Brady, but it looks like Tom Brady will have that all in the end. You know, uh, Drew is one of my favorite players. Just watch, you know. So it kind of sucks to see him go, but the Saints do have to move on, and by moving on, they get Jameis Winston to be their quarterback next year. No Russell Wilson trading. It looks like they'll go for them. They're in a cap hell. They are in cap hell. So, uh, you know, I, I, I think it's it's it'll at least be nice to see Jameis Winston getting back a starting job. Yeah. That makes me happy as uh, as as a Florida State kid. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I mean, it, it's it's a new era of football in New Orleans for sure. I mean, Drew mm -hmm. Drew Brees really just embodying that entire franchise for the last yeah. two decades. Kind of crazy to think about that. Yeah, I mean, what is it? Uh, Pro Football Reference has Drew Brees' career as the third greatest career of all time for an NFL player. Wow, that is very impressive. The the put Drew. I mean, mostly because it's not really for how Drew. Who Brees are the top won. two there? Top two. Um, number one is I think is Tom. It's got to be Tom. It's Tom's definitely number one. Uh, I can't really find an updated list because uh, uh, Pro Football Reference has been very weird. But I think it does go, um, what is it? It goes Tom Brady, I think Reggie White, and then... Um, I'll take it. Yeah, and then Drew Brees. <laughs> so, it sucks to see Drew Brees go to the nursing home he does. 
Um, to the nursing home he goes. Yeah. Uh, and then, I mean, we might as well also address some of the other uh, free free agency uh, moves that have occurred, uh, you know, in the last couple of days. I mean, we said Shaquille Griffin. And I'm going to keep harping on this. I, th- I think that maybe this is the catalyst, though. Um, you know, be. this happened today. Obviously, they were quiet on day one, re-signing a lot of their old guys. Um, but Shaquille Griffin is the first real splash they've had so far mm-hmm. uh, this offseason. And, and, I mean, you and I both know that they're not done. Oh, hell no. They're not They're not done at all. Uh, they're really going to work for it. Um, you know, there's a lot of teams, a lot of people want to tag, like the Bears. I mean, the Bears are being very stingy. They're looking like they're trying to set up the trade for Russell Wilson, and they tagged uh, Allen Robinson. So... You know, a lot of a lot of things that the other teams did uh, kind of screwed over the Jags. Um, but moving forward, uh, going to the Bears, I have no idea if they're going to get Russ. Do you, because they won't be able to trade Nick Foles for that. You're going to have to trade two first round picks at least for for Russell Wilson. Russell will be more than happy to go to Chicago. But you also have Nick Foles. So you're gonna throw Russell Wilson's contract and Nick Foles' contract. It's like fifty million dollars mm. for two quarterbacks. It's a lot of money just being placed on the offense, <laughs> and half of it's not even gonna be being played. So the question, ooh. the question I think you have to ask yourself uh, is is like, do the Bears, does that organization, does that front office have a blockbuster trade in them? Because there's a lot of there's a, there's a lot of front offices that you look at around the league, and you know that like they're not really um, going to gonna pull the trigger. The Bears have done it once with Khalil Mack, and I think that they could do it again. Yeah, um, I mean the situation is there in my eyes. Yeah, uh, they really made uh, they really pissed off Allen Robinson. Allen Robinson did not want to be in Chicago next year, and he's refusing to sign the tag, which makes sense. But I don't I I, I just see the Bears trading Allen Robinson eventually. You know, regardless if they trade for Russ. So the Bears are in a very situ- a very uh, precarious situation. If they if you have the chance to trade for Russ, I'd go for it for Chicago. You know, you get Russell Wilson, you're guaranteed. Well, you're already guaranteed second place in your division in my eyes. Mm-hmm. I think so. So you know, maybe you can compete for that first spot against the Packers, who may have gotten a little bit worse uh, over this past off season. Um, that's how I see it for for the Bears. Um, for Seattle, I would hold on to Russ for dear life and try to get some O line. Uh, Rodney Hudson was just, you know, just cut by the Raiders. And what an interesting option that would be. Yeah. Um, I mean, this just very recently happened. The Raiders uh, cutting longtime center Rodney Hudson, uh, who's allowed three sacks in total since 2015. Mm-hmm. Uh, very, very, very reliable center. Uh, finally back on the market. And that would be a really, really, really interesting option for them, wouldn't it, for the Seahawks? Oh, my goodness. It'd be... It'd be a great pickup. I mean, it's a great pickup for anyone. Rodney Hudson's a very underrated um, offensive line guy. I mean, just he's dominated on just, the inside. Just quiet, so quietly long. does work. You know? Yeah. That's all you need to do. I mean, he, he's a leader. That is, for, that is for one thing. He is a leader, for especially for that um, for that Raiders team. I mean, it's going to be worth about uh, $10 million if you do sign him, if you pick up his contract. But I believe, um, you know, you can easily pick him up. And the fact that they didn't find a trade for him is Actually, nuts to think about. They traded Orlando Brown that easily, but they couldn't get Hudson, or not Orlando Brown, Trent Brown, right? Trent Brown, yeah. Trent Brown, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I mean, what he only went for like a fifth rounder, didn't he? Yeah. But. Um. Yeah, yeah. So Hudson's out there, and he's probably the you know the second best offensive line um, free agent out there outside of Trent Williams, obviously. But Trent will probably re-sign with the Niners. I think they're just trying to figure out how big they want the money. 
Yeah. Sounds about right. So, I mean, looking forward with free agency, um, you know, who are who are some of the other biggest names out there to you um, for for you know either a team like like teams like ours, the Jags and the Jets, uh, looking to rebuild, or, or you know possibly some some big names that playoff contenders are looking at right now, yeah, uh, looking to you know round out their teams. So for playoff contenders, yeah, look for guys who are very experienced. Melvin Ingram uh, from the Chargers, I think, is one of the top guys if you're looking for veteran leaders who can make your team a t- contender. Uh, Patrick Peterson, we mentioned him earlier, can really uh, you know flip the switch on that. You know, um, those are kind of the two top guys right now. I could say that can really you know a leadership role type of way can make your team you know much more balanced and ready to go to go to the postseason. Um, that's how I see it for them. Um, other than that, you know, you just got you have the big names out. I mean, Kenny Galladay is probably the obvious number one you know option right now outside of Trent Williams. To be signed, and I think he'll be signing to a um, to a rebuilding team, and that may be the Jaguars. I mean, we'd certainly hope. I mean, if you really think about it, possibly a good fit for the Jets as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I don't know. I personally can't see the Jets pulling pulling the tr- uh, another uh, big trigger on another big wideout like that. They already have Corey Davis. Yeah. Um, so in a second, we'll actually be getting to our trivia. Yeah. I think it's just about time for that. Um, you are currently winning one to nothing, uh, but I think that we've kind of taken it a little easier on each other this week. Yeah, I think so. And, uh, hey, I mean, if you're ready to get going, I'm ready to go too. All right, since I'm winning, I'll ask the question first. Uh, my first question is pretty easy one, a pretty recent one. Um, what running back in the NFL uh, played for both the Jets and the Jaguars? Last year. Uh, not last year. Um he played for the Jets and then he signed to the Jaguars in an offseason. Chris Johnson. No. Chris Ivory. Oh, Chris Ivory. Yikes. Crap. Yikes. Yikes. <laughs> now, he was on the Saints, I think, afterwards, and now I have no idea where he is. I could have sworn Chris Chris Johnson was somewhere around there. See, Chris Johnson, he was in Arizona. Chris Johnson's never been a Jaguar. Jamal Charles was. I don't know how he got. Yeah, let me just go on uh, Chris Johnson. CJ2K. Nah, Titans, Jets, Cardinals. So apparently he was not. But I was thinking about Chris Ivory. I knew it yeah, was a Chris. It was a, I, I was thinking back to the Bilal Powell, the Chris Bilal Ivory. Powell, yeah, that yeah. Was, those are the good old days of Jets that was football. A, that was a very interesting running back, dude. And it really works. That was when Fitzmagic really was in New York, too. Yeah. <laughs> man, I got you on that one. That's, man, I think that's my easiest one. But hey, That's all right. That's all right. So... Uh, you know, the first thing I thought of when I was designing these questions is I was thinking about disappointing moments in Jets history. Um, <laughs> I, and and I know fumble. one of the butt fumble is one of them. The butt fumble is kind of like the iconic one. Yes. Uh, but it really just embodies everything else that's, that really encompasses Jets football, which is just loss, failure. Mm-hmm. 2017 is a great example of that, where we were actually having a good season. Hey, and six. all That's we needed to do was when one last game, week 17, we were sitting so pretty, looking at a playoff spot, all we needed to do was beat this team to win. And my question is, what was that team? It was the Buffalo Bills, right? It was the Buffalo Bills. Yes, sir. It was. And we lost that game, I I believe, 21 or 20 to 12. Yeah. That game was sad. I I, I believe, I think we actually, like, turned it over late in that game, too, on one of our last drives. Mm -hmm. Um, And uh, it just... Every time I think about it, I think that's, I mean, really, that's the closest we've come to the playoffs since. For a long time, yeah, since Rex Ryan. That's been the closest. It's tough. It's a tough life. Yeah. I mean, I mean, yeah, 
<laughs> I can't say much with the Jets. They're, they're just the, they're just the best comedic acts in in, in football. They are the Jets, and yeah, they're they, laughable losers. Jets will always jet. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, second question. This is way back in the day, like before Joe Namath. So the New York Jets. You know, they're famously called the Jets because uh, reference to the planes that were flying into LaGuardia Airport when they were playing nearby in Shea Stadium. But what was the team name? What was the mascot before the Jets? Hmm. I'll give you a hint. It is a, t- um, a team in the NFL. Is, it has the mascot now. Currently has the... Isn't it the... Um, it's not the Colts. It's not the Colts. No, no. it's not the Colts. No, I'm not. I'm not. Yeah, I'm not gonna um, that your answer. Don't worry, because he said not. Yeah, no. I was thinking it wasn't that. <laughs> remember, remember, remember. You guys are in the AFC, which means you guys were in the AFL. Yeah, I'm trying remember to remember, AFL. but I don't know if I'm gonna get this one. Honestly, like my my vintage Jets trivia does not go back. My vintage NFL trivia does not go back very far. Mm. Um, I feel like I think you started watching football a little earlier than I did. Yeah, um, but not in the 1940s. No, I mean I suppose not, but I'm, I mean I, I've I've just never um, like read an, uh, really back into the history of a lot of these teams, and I feel like I should, uh, but I don't. So I'm gonna take the L on this one. You're not gonna guess just a random NFL team. I'm gonna guess a random NFL team. Let's go with mm, Ravens. Why not? The answer is the Titans. You're, the called Titans. The New, you're called the New York Titans because your owner, quote-unquote, said Titans are bigger than the Giants. That's funny. I like that's that. A cl- that's very clever. Yeah. Oh, man. Dang. I thought you would. That's was, all right. I, I thought I mentioned that to you before. But okay. Maybe you have mentioned that to me in, in the past. My memory of it is not great. All right. So my last two questions are going to be, uh, for two Jets that were on the roster last season, mm-hmm. uh, I'm going to ask you where each of them played college football. One of them's a newbie, one of them's a vet. Uh, so first up is Bryce Hall. Uh, Bryce we mentioned Hall. him earlier earlier in the episode. Uh, a guy who's, who really impressed me uh, in his rookie season. Mm. Um, so I, I believe he had his first pick pretty late in the year. Um, but, you know, looks pretty good so far. Cornerback, where did he play college ball? Is he a power five guy or no? He's a power five guy. Power five guy. Bryce Hall. And I, I can give you another hint, uh, which is that uh, he's an ACC guy. ACC guy. Okay. That kind of narrows it down a little bit. That does narrow it down. Oh, man. There's, it's, I feel like it's not the top team name, so I'm looking at... It's... Uh, you know, I'll also give you that. It's oh, not. It's not one of the top. Oh, I know. Names. I think I know who it is. Bryce Hall isn't he Virginia? He is Virginia. Yes, I was gonna say Virginia I, I Cavalier. Him. I remember him from somewhere. Yeah, I, I I had a feeling you were gonna remember it at some point. Yeah. Um, for me, it's absolutely insane to talk about. Um, okay, uh, so we just got an alert real quick. Sorry for the interruption. The New York Giants have signed Leonard Williams. For a three-year, $63 million deal, so Leonard Williams is officially off the franchise tag. I miss him. He was very good for the Jets. <laughs> I miss him so much. He was one of our better draft picks uh, in, in the last five years. Yeah. Uh, um, we just we just didn't really have the situation or the, really the money at the time to you know give him the contract that he deserved. Yeah. And that's okay, I guess. Yeah, very. I mean, a very great, great player. And you know what? I'm changing my trivia question. I'm going to make it a little easier. What college did Leonard Williams go to? Where, where did you draft him out of? 
Crap, where did we draft him out of? Now I'm not even remembering this. Now you're making me blank. Oh my gosh, really? <laughs> yes. It's only five years ago. Yeah, and it was only five years ago, but... Pac-12 school. You gave me the ACC, so I'm Pac-12. Pac-12 school. The Jets really like this school too. What school do we like? What school do we like? Let me think. Uh, I mean, the first Pac-12 school I thought of with the Jets uh, because Ashton Davis, for example, came out of Cal, Mm. Um, but it wasn't Cal. Was it? It wasn't Stanford either. Mm-mm. Stanford, CMC. Yeah, you know, I, I I am having a difficult Tuesday. I don't know what to <laughs> tell you, man. This should be my episode. This should be my bread and butter. Um, I'm gonna. Blanking. I'm 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 gonna call a lifeline here. Alrighty, um, Leonard Williams. I said in Pac-12 school that you guys like. It's because he drafted another guy from the school, Sam Darnold. Leonard Williams from USC. USC. Yes. You know? I, sh- I I feel like I should have known that. Yeah. Whatever. Dang. It's okay. Right, I'll I'll yeah. I'll survive. What's All right. So question? my last trivia question will be about another uh, jet from last year, but this time he's a veteran. It's Frank Gore, the veteran of all vets. Uh, at least as far as running backs go right now. Uh, drafted in 2005 uh, in the third round, pick number 65 out of... Oh, my goodness. Another ACC school. It's another ACC school. It's another yeah, ACC trying, school. I'm trying to think. Uh, oh, it's Miami. It's Miami, right? Miami Hurricane. Woo! Let's go, baby. Man, does that make you three for three today? Was that three for three? That, what, was, what, what, that was three for three. What was the first question? The first question was uh, who the Jets play in week 17 to 2017. Oh, okay, yeah. I went, yeah, I went three for three. Dang, you went so 0 three for three. three and I, I was 0 for three. So a commanding lead being taken uh, <laughs> by Mr. Eilers here for nothing. Yes, sir. Uh, I got to maybe brush up on my vintage trivia because I feel like I'm going to be getting a lot of those next week. Don't worry. Well, I mean, next week. It's a weird episode because this is the first pick that's actually traded. So, um, everyone, we will be focusing on, in terms of situation-wise, the Houston Texans because they do are supposed to have a third overall pick. But when we do talk about that pick, we will talk about the Miami Dolphins. Also, shout-out to Suns Out Fins Up by Timothy Rodriguez of the Say It Again Sports Network. Does a tremendous job. We'll probably shout you out again next week. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> it's a very, very, it's a very enjoyable uh, listen. Um, I'm not a big Dolphins guy. Uh, my favorite memory of the Dolphins is when Tim Tebow for the Broncos beat them in Miami in a comeback victory. Gotta love so, it. But, yeah, so we're going to talk about that. But where our centerpiece will be the Houston Texans. The, Two very the dumpster, different teams, kind of. The dumpster fire that is the Houston Texans. The worst position possible for an NFL team. Not and just tanking without your draft picks. Not just the Texans, but the entire city of Houston. And just to see how Sold. every single one of their franchises is falling apart right now. We're gonna say all the. We're gonna talk about all these things next we're week gonna, we're uh, gonna. as well. But. Yeah, no, the city of Houston, they sold their soul oh, and World Series. And it is kind of all coming down at this point. Um, yeah. And then if you look on the other side, I mean, Miami has done a really great job with their rebuild. Beautiful. Uh, I mean, we yeah. remember they were in, they were in the cellar uh, like like our teams are just a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, now, I mean, they, they almost made the playoffs. Yeah. Um, you know, the Dolphins were just one game away. They should have lost the, the Bills. I would have been so happy to see that. Yeah. I mean, just be patient, Dolphins fans. Um, the build is there. 
Uh, you guys are really working towards to take that next step to be a contender. Um, I, I see them in the playoffs uh, next year, mostly because I just don't see like two AFC South teams like this past year go in. Um, so, yeah, I, I think I'm high, high hopes for the Dolphins. And the Texans have something. Um, I don't know what it is, but it's something. And I don't really like it. And that something is nothing. That something is really <laughs> like absolutely They're, nothing. Well, Just a lot of bad uh, financial decisions. And then JJ, they mistreated JJ Watt, Bill O'Brien, mistreated the DeAndre Deshaun, Hopkins, Deshaun Watson uh, thing that's still Watson. going on. I have no idea what's happening in Houston. We'll get and we'll do one week of research, and then we will back. We'll be back here to talk about the Texans. We're just going to be here, like, just slamming the Texans oh, with jokes yeah. next Texans. week. Texans, we're not holding anything back. As a Jags fan, y'all have beaten us last three or four years in a row. This is payback that y'all deserve. Also, I'm a Yankees fan, and you guys screwed over the Yankees, Astros, and then the Rockets. Who cares? So... <laughs> What what are the, uh, the Dynamo Houston Dynamo? I I don't watch MLS. I don't watch MLS either. <laughs> uh, I mean, I suppose I, I wish no ill will on the Houston Dynamo. Um, <laughs> it's a cool name. It is a pretty cool name, but yeah. I mean, hey, uh, I have no ill will towards the Texans personally either. Um, but you know, I, I, I can support you wanting to get your payback, and so thank you. You know, the pay, uh, Jets. Thank you. You know. I will support uh, in this ripping of the Texans. Yeah. So we'll get back to that next week, though. Until then, uh, I'm going to be signing off. I'm Matt Lagana. And I'm Logan Eilers. And we will talk to you all next week. See you later.